and welcome into another episode of the Outsider Sports Hockey Podcast. Ben Mandel here with Tom Leone and Mike Dykunzak as we break down another week in the National Hockey League. First month is in the books, so we definitely have quite a bit to talk about there in terms of some surprises, who's been standing out, but I do want to go over some of the news now the big one i want to talk about is the charlie mcavoy suspension uh for the hit on oliver ekman larson this was dished out on uh tuesday but guys did you happen to see that hit where mcavoy um he ended up skating past ekman larson had gotten rid of the puck mcavoy tried to play it off as if it was incidental contact shout out timo um yeah, no, he, he he tried to make it look like it was incidental contact, and he just threw the shoulder up into Ackman Larson's head. I, I didn't see the hit. Actually. Yeah, it was – it was go on Twitter right now, though, and, and, and search it. Watch. Yeah, watch. just look up McAvoy wow. hit. McAvoy hit, and you will you will see it. It was bad. And, you know, for for sure he, he deserved a suspension, but I honestly felt like four games wasn't enough. Um, oh, Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah that's it, clear as day wow yeah so i mean it wasn't a difficult decision for player safety but yeah, what is that a, guy jacob truba oh, honestly it reminds me more of it's bad it reminds me more of the marshawn hit on um marcus johansson when he was with the devils back uh when we were in college guys yeah, Brad Marshall's another good player that doesn't get talked about a lot. But yeah, yeah I think he's he's grown he's into just some more not as dangerous antics, but he still has his antics. You saw what he's done to Bedard. But uh other news, yep. the other topic I did want to talk about, and this actually does have to do with the Boston Bruins, uh, their rookie Matthew Poitras, he is going to remain with the Boston Bruins this year. And that was uh a big question are they going to burn a year of his contract or were they going to send him uh back to juniors and we do have our answer boston feels like hey with this kid we have a chance to go somewhere so the boston bruins are going to keep this rookie up here they're going to burn a year of that contract uh and poitras is here to stay with those three goals through the start of the season with the bruins looking as good as they have been um, you know, while we are talking about the Bruins, though, and Poitras, guys, do you have any thoughts on that? Do you think this is a good move for Boston? Do you think that this team can compete this year? I think it's the right move, Ben, because I remember we talked about it. I don't know if it was last pot or not, but uh, I know he was brought up and everything like that. And um, and I said, I, I know that at Boston's, you know, it seems like they're always kind of like a veteran status, right? They always got older guys that lead the pack, and that's why they're always relevant and good, right? So, I mean, the the future kind of is now for them, especially we thought that they were going to have a downfall this year with all the players that they lost. Um, and obviously, they haven't missed a beat, but it's always good to keep, a, you know, a young guy in there, especially he's doing as well as he is, um, you know, because he will be the future of the organization. You know, you can see, you know, definitely uh, – uh, slimps of uh, it being that way. So, you know, good for him. And, uh, you know, definitely, I think it's the right decision by Boston, especially if it's working out for them this early. I think it's a win-win situation for them. So I agree that it's it's the right move because either this kid's, the team the team will fall off a little bit and, and the kid will just get a whole year of NHL experience or they'll continue to, to play well and win games. And then he's going to get that valuable experience of playing meaningful hockey this early in his career, which just, but you look at all, you know, young players, they, they, they typically have longer 
more clutch careers when they play meaningful hockey early in their career. So it's just a win-win situation for Boston, in my opinion, and and the right move. Yeah, I agree. I think you clearly this kid's showing that he belongs in the NHL. He doesn't really have much left to learn uh, from this junior league. So yeah, bring him up, bring him up, let him play. Now uh, the other uh, thing we're going to talk about here on the pod is that, uh, you know, the three stars of the month were released. Jack Hughes, number one, uh, I believe it was Elias Patterson, number two, David Pasternak, number three. Now the rookie of the month was the goaltender for Anaheim, Lucas Dostal. Um, you know, Joseph Wall was apparently uh, another name out there that they thought could potentially get the nod for this award. But um, rookie of the month goes to Dostal. You know, Jack Hughes, there wasn't much argument there, but it feels like there definitely could be some uh, argument to be made for other people. First, let me go through the stats for those top three. Uh, for Patterson, nine games played, 16 points, five goals, 11 assists. For Patterson, that is good enough for second in the NHL behind Jack Hughes, who has 18 points in eight games played, so one fewer, uh, five goals, 13 assists. The only thing for Jack Hughes that's a little alarming is that he is a zero right now in his plus minus, which means he is on the ice for a lot of goals against. But the other thing is a lot of the goals that Jack Hughes is scoring and the points, 10 of those points are on the power play. So you, that's not going to be a plus for him. So that's also another reason why plus minus shouldn't really be factored in too much for a player. Um, and now for Pasternak, nine games played, 14 points, eight goals, six assists. He is a plus nine. Uh, so, you know, other teams not really scoring too, too much when Pasternak is on the ice. So that is something that is good for him. But, guys, uh, who are some other names that you feel like should have maybe been on this list instead of Pasternak, instead of Pedersen, instead of Hughes? Um, or maybe even just someone you feel like needs to get a shout-out, not necessarily taking a star of the month? I, I'm being biased. Shocker, Artemi Panarin. I I I I, just, I agree. I I think the only reason why Pasternak is ahead of Panarin on that list for the three star of the month is probably the plus minus, or because Pasta has eight goals. Uh, but Panarin has just been unbelievable to start the season, and the, and I've been hard on Panarin as a Ranger fan. I I don't think he's lived up to the contract. If he if this pace is gonna be what he's gonna be the whole season, he'll be worth every penny. And it's just it's been really fun to watch. He's just the playmaker, a goal scorer, a true superstar. Where Panarin was was kind of last couple of years just kind of a playmaker, which isn't necessarily a bad thing, but he wasn't scoring goals. Now he's shooting the puck more. It's just it, it's fun to see, and I think he's had a better first month than Pasternak. I think that's crazy. I wish I could like share my screen with you because I literally was pulling up Panarin's stats because I, I actually 100% agree with that. I, I just think he's got 15 points in nine games. He's looking more of a scorer than he has ever before, and it might be the new coach and a new system for him. But uh, yeah, I couldn't agree more. I think that Panarin probably should be ahead of Pasternak. Um, and uh, I want to be a little biased as well, too. I just think it's a little funny shout out there. But um, I, maybe not for the month, but uh, maybe just squeeze it in there. But I think that Tyler DeFoy honestly should have, uh, you know, up there as well for the amount of goals that he scored in eight games, seven goals in eight games. And I just think for the matter of fact, I know it's a team sport. That's why Jack's up there the way he is. And, and Panarin should be up there because of all the team stats that he has. Um, I just think that 
to fully, you know, is proving, you know, why he came to New Jersey and being that goal scorer and it's showing early. So if I want to be a little biased, I kind of want to say to fully as well, probably should be up there as well. If it makes you feel any better, Mike, Toffoli was the first star of the week. Uh, I did see. I did. I, I, I did see. Go. I did see that. I did see that. There you go. I think Dylan Lark. I'll go off the bias and I'll, I'll speak a little bit to Dylan Lark. And I think what Detroit's done. I think him and DeBrinket could be talked about in this conversation too. Clearly, because that combination and that line has just taken Detroit to a new level this year, where they look like they're going to be competitive for the whole season and 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 probably make the playoffs. I saw an interesting stat that when an NHL team sits in the playoffs at the end of the first month, they have a 67% chance to make the playoffs. And that number increases to 86% at Thanksgiving. Yeah. So this Thanksgiving is, like is the big cutoff, they say. Yeah. And Detroit's on their way because of Larkin and Debrinket. Yeah. They've been fantastic. I had both of those guys pulled up here. Um, actually everyone that we've talked about so far. Uh, now there is one guy who I want to throw out there and Tom, I threw, I said his name before, uh, we started recording, not as a star of the month, especially because he has one assist, but nine goals for Frank Vetrano and what is going on? <laughs> I mean, this is, this is, um, you know, good for good for Frank Vetrano. Uh, he's been very opportune in that second line for Anaheim. Has really helped them win games because you know what the top line with Zegris and McTavish is going to do. You know, the second line has to produce. And Vetrano, he's been the one potting all the goals. Now, you, Mike, you mentioned Tyler Toffoli. I want to bring up Jesper Bratt because he has also had an on-fire start to this season. 14 points for Bratt, 8 assists, 6 goals. I mean, the Devils' power play is clicking at 42%. Jesper Bratt and Jack Hughes, a huge reason for that. And two guys are the big difference. It's Tyler Toffoli and it's Luke Hughes. Luke Hughes really, really knows how to run the power play. And he is someone who I feel like should have been mentioned for Rookie of the Month. I think part of the reason why he wasn't was because uh, he had a little bit of a bumpy start the first couple games, but now he has been the leading devil in ice time. A lot of that has been because of the power play, but he's getting top four defenseman minutes. Luke Hughes has been very strong. Now, another rookie who I think maybe got a little slighted, uh, it was his teammate who got the award, and that was uh, Dostal who got the award. But Pavel Minchikov of Anaheim, He's been great on the back end. He's got five helpers, only one goal, but he's got a really good shot. Uh, 19 years old, and this guy was the 10th overall pick in the 2022 draft. Pavel Minchikov, um, Mike, if you're you, you're just curious how this is spelled, I will show you here. I wasn't asking, Ben, but if you want uh, to show me. I'm just kidding. I remember you texting us this. Yeah, I, yeah. yeah they keep saying that for me, and I still yeah, don't think I can Min- Minchikov. Um, but yeah, he's, he's been really as hard as it is. No, he's been really strong, though, and especially the last few games for these guys. He picked up a pair of helpers uh, in their last game against Pittsburgh. Uh, he's been able to get shots, multiple shots on goal for most of the games that he's played. You know, he's becoming a force, and this is part of the thing with Anaheim is they're building a group and they're building a a team that's able to not only have success and compete, but, you know, they're winning games and they're they're becoming exciting to watch. You know, 
we were wondering what's going to happen in goal with John Gibson not being there well, or not necessarily being the guy, wanting out. Well, maybe they have a future in Dostal, who was the rookie of the month. But definitely, definitely some good things there going on in Anaheim now. Guys, I do want to talk about, we don't want to leave out the goalies and the defensemen. So who do you guys think is the best defenseman we've seen in the league this year? Who is most deserving of the Norris Trophy? You guys can interpret that however you want, whether it's the best offensive defenseman or just overall the best defenseman. I think I think Quinn Hughes. We're talking about the Hughes brothers a lot on these pods. Uh, I think he's been the best defenseman. Um, I, for the that's really funny. I couldn't agree more. Quinn Hughes has yeah. been unreal this year. You know, usually in the beginning of the seasons, I always look at those teams that are kind of in the like we expected to be middle of the pack or not that good or maybe teetering on a playoff spot, and then somehow they start the year red hot. It's probably because their star players are playing like star players or taking it to the next level. Quinn Hughes kind of had a down year last year. He's right back to the Quinn Hughes everybody respected. I think him getting that C, Rick Tockett instilling some, you know, uh, to him for that. He's just been unreal. The highlights I see, I know they play late, just on. Uh, yeah, no, I, I agree with uh, Tom. I mean, I think that Quinn Hughes is probably the top of my list. Second, right behind. I don't know if this is like a Rangers appreciation pod for me or something. And I'm turning under light in the pillow, but Adam Fox is probably right there behind for me. Um, you know, he's got 11 points in the games that he's played, and he really runs. You know, you know that power play, and he goes. You know, he helps that offense for the Rangers. He does. He opens things up for Mika. He opens up for Panarin. You know, he's one of the excuse me, one of the big reasons, um, you know, why the, the, the Rangers are scoring as much as they are. So Adam Fox is near second for me, uh, but I do have to agree with Quinn uh, being the favorite right now. Yeah, by the way, just want to throw out there, when we were talking about plus minus not meaning anything, um, or I was at least, Quinn Hughes does lead the NHL in plus minus as well as a plus 11, which is very difficult to do as a defenseman. Um, uh, I wish we had more, more, Back and forth there, but maybe we will when it comes to goaltenders because we're going to talk Vesna here. Now, Jonathan Quick is currently the save percentage leader. Um, wow. You know, that's... He's played a, he's played a whopping two games. But that's why. And, I mean, look, that'll even out. But, I mean, you've had some great goaltenders so far. Um, Joseph Wall has been good. Ottinger has been really good. Um, Alexander Georgiev's picked up six wins. Igor's picked up five wins. Aiden Hill's picked up five wins. Um, you know, he's definitely some good goaltenders in the league this year. Ilya Sorokin has been a little up and down so far, but you expect him to right the ship. The guy filling in for Vasilevsky down in Tampa Bay, Johansson, he's got two shutouts now. So, guys, what are we thinking in terms of goalies? Who is the best? Well, I know who Tom is going to say, and I probably agree with him a little bit just because I watch and, and, uh, you know, as much as I hate the Rangers, I obviously, I watch them. So because Mike, it looks like both you and I will pick Igor. Let's just say for, let's, I was going to pick, I was going to, I was going to pick somebody else. I'm just going to pick someone else. I'm not going to choose Igor. I was going to I was going to say Ottinger as well because I I thought you were going to pick Igor. Sorry. I feel like like Igor, Igor has played, I don't know. I feel like Igor was better last year, but I don't know. might be I'm that's be crazy i don't know i feel like the I team know. around him is better this year but i don't know no this roll with Ottinger, mike yeah. roll with him say why yeah, 
No, no, I'm gonna I'm gonna see Andre because you know how much I have an absolute wood for the Dallas Stars. Anyway, I'm just joking. Sorry, that was a little appropriate. But <laughs> I love it. obviously the Stars as good as they are, but you know he's got four wins in the five games he's played. His percentage is you know a point nine forty. So he he's only letting up a one point seven goals a game. I think that's you know insane stat for a goalie in five games. Um, you know, and, and it just proves that the Stars are the powerhouse, and it all starts with him. So I'm gonna roll with Ottinger. You know, probably for that award right now if it ended the season today uh it just had to be nice and because i watch igor i wanted to consider him you've been very nice mike and that's how i know it's the beginning of the season and they haven't played yet because that's gonna, that's gonna change yeah, yeah until Saturday, i see igor do what he's been doing against the devils then yeah i'll, I'll hate him again because what he's i don't know doing... i'm excited to see the ra- the devil's the, the, power play the devils go up against that ranger penalty kill yeah, what you say the devils, the devils have uh, igor's number just some 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 well, it's because the Devils can whip the puck around like it's nothing. Listen, I'll, listen, I'll say this. I know Igor's always, you know, top tier and everything like that. But for just some reason for the games, at least I've saw this year so far, he looks like he's pissed off that he lost last year. Like, he looks like he has a chip <laughs> on his shoulder. And I think that scares me a little bit. Like, I'm going to say as a Devils fan, that scares me a little bit. Some of the some of the saves this guy is making is insane. I, what game was it, Tom, the overtime one that I texted you? Was it was the Canucks? It was the Canucks. Dude, that overtime, he literally stole that game himself. Like, it was, it was crazy. So he looks like he's, you know, he's always been on different level but he he looks like he's really really on a different level this year at least so far yeah i mean look i'm thinking igor to be honest with you and it's because igor has just been in my opinion unbelievable look five, seven games five wins they're winning when he's playing yeah the goals against average isn't what it you know should be but part of that is a new system and his defense in front of him is still learning and figuring this out right this isn't you know, I, I'm not just going to go turn around and blame Igor for everything here. When in reality, you know, the defense, they're not necessarily playing the best in front of him. They're they're not giving him a shot. And, you know, in all honesty, the reason why the Rangers have won a lot of those games is because of Igor doing his thing and being who he needs to be for this Rangers team. I think, you know, we, we talked about it, how if a goalie was ever going to win the Hart Trophy, it was two years ago uh, with Igor Shesterkin. I think this year he bounces back and he definitely is able to come away with the Vesna Trophy. Now, before we do jump in uh, and close this podcast out, guys, I did just send over uh, the link to our power rankings because we can't not talk about one of the teams in our power rankings here. Uh, the team I want to jump into first, though, I'll talk about them. It is the Los Angeles Kings. We have them ranked ninth currently, but the Kings have been great. And I just watched them completely dismantle the Toronto Maple Leafs on Tuesday night. And this was in Toronto. Everybody was talking about the Leafs. Everyone's saying how the Leafs are great. And you know what? While the Leafs didn't play great, you know, it definitely was just not their night. The Kings dominated them still to give them credit you know the offense looks good the top line with Kopitar Byfield looks like he belongs even though he's not producing he doesn't need to produce he's someone who's going in there and mucking it up getting into the dirty areas so guys like Fiala guys like Kopitar can just get the pucks in premier spots and score I think that they've got a very nice setup there um in the in in Los Angeles, I think goaltending wise, yeah, Cam Talbot may not be the best, 
but he's better than Phoenix Copley, and they just needed someone better than Phoenix Copley last year. So I, I feel good about the Los Angeles Kings. I, I like the Kings a lot this year too. I think I'm going to pivot into, you know, Mike Adim is being can – I, can I talk about two teams? Can I give a yeah, little snippet? Go for it, go for it. Okay. Mike Adim is being so nice to the Rangers, and so are you, Ben, by choosing Igor to be the Vesna. I want, I'm going to talk about the Devils because that's a team I wanted to talk about, but I, I feel like we've been a little – too local this pod um, <laughs> with some of our takes, but I'll say this. The Devils are scoring at a pace that is Colorado Avalanche-like, but they have the talent on the back end to play better defensively, and their goaltending will naturally get better, and I think that combination is going to be scary. I think the Devils are going to some at some point in November or December are going to go on another streak they did early last year where they where they just win 9, 10, 11 in a row because they just can score at will against anybody. It doesn't matter what goalie they're facing, what team they're facing. They're once just, the goaltending gets hot. Yeah, it's it's when they get a good streak of goaltending, they're going to win every single game, and it's going to be scary. So that's what I'm going to say about the Devils. But my second team, I mentioned them already in this pod, Detroit. I think hockey is just so much better when Detroit is rocking. And I don't know how much longer this is going to last because their goaltending, which you mentioned, you know, you know, in our, in our blog and stuff, I don't know how much the goaltending is going to last, but right now it's lasting and they're fun and the brink it's great. And Larkin's playing like Dylan Larkin was two years ago, like a superstar and it's exciting stuff in Detroit. So I'm going to rock with them this week and hope, and I hope it continues for them. I hope they get back in the playoffs because hockey's just better with them. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to roll with a team that apparently I didn't put on my list. I'm looking at my list, and I'm like, why didn't I put this team? I guess I was being too nice to Tampa Bay. But I'm going to talk about Vancouver, who's 10 on our list. Um, there, I, I don't know why I didn't put them on my list. I, I guess I I was, like I said, being too nice to Tampa because uh, they definitely should be in over them. But, you know, in Vancouver, they got five and a possible six points, right, you know, this past week, and they're second in the Pacific. They look fantastic. Uh, you know, we talked about, you know, Quinn and how well he's doing on the defensive side of things and really running that team. You know, JT Miller and Pedersen, they are – the scoring will to this team, um, you know, they look good. And, uh, you know, shame on me for not putting them in the top 10 for some reason, uh, but they deserve 110% to be there. And uh, they're exciting to watch and excited to see how the rest of the season goes for them. If it makes you feel better, Mike, Tom also didn't have Vancouver. What are so, we doing, not, Tom? What are we doing? Well, they be, they lost no, hey, team. look, ta- I didn't have Tampa. And Tampa's been, been pretty Tampa's solid, been too. There, there's The problem is right now there's about 12 teams that belong. Yeah, <laughs> there's about 12 that belong there's like in a 10 spots. a 10 b 10 c <laughs> like you guys remember by the end of last year we didn't have anybody receiving additional votes it was you know Same hard time, yeah. just 10 teams that belong just moving but up and down occasionally it, exactly now you know vancouver mike i'm glad you brought them up because i i did want to talk about them as well as los angeles just to kind of run through our rankings uh vegas unanimous at number one boston coming in at number two to so much to tom's dismay colorado at three the rangers at four although hey this streak continues for them they may have to continue climbing up these rankings because i don't know they're they're riding a streak a lot like what we saw the devils do Big test Thursday night against the Canes. Big test. Well, and the Canes are a team that they're starting to get healthy again, but they were a little banged up. I believe Svechnikov's back. Um, but we we have the Dallas Stars in at five, and I feel like that's too low for them. But, again, there's just a lot of really good teams right now, and Dallas just hasn't played enough games yet. Toronto at six, Detroit at seven, 
Uh, Toronto and Detroit, two teams that I think might be falling a bit. New Jersey in their eight, the Kings at nine, and Vancouver at 10. All three of those teams I could see on the rise. But that is going to do it for us this week on the Outsider Sports Hockey Podcast. Thank you all for tuning in. Give us a follow on X, Twitter, whatever you call the app now, at Outsider Sports 3. Subscribe to our channel if you're watching on YouTube or Spotify. Definitely give us a like, uh, give us a shout out, leave us a comment if you have any questions or just want to go back and forth with us. We definitely like to interact with you guys, uh, bring you guys into the Outsider Sports community. And as always, have a great week. Enjoy some hockey and we'll be back next week.